wicked, wicked fly. This is your summer. That means Six Flags in the taste of an ice-cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, delicious burgers, yes. real moments together, and this. Coke is summer refreshment when you need it most, so you can hop on another ride or race down a slide at the water park. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit SixFlags.com slash Coke to save up to $20 on passes, plus daily tickets starting at $34.99. To anyone who just tried to listen to the episode I released today, my sincere apologies. I actually didn't post the podcast properly, so you would have just heard an intro and then an outro and then been like, where the hell is the actual interview? So I'm really sorry. <laughs> this is take two. Uh, I'll let myself introduce this <laughs> again for those of you who haven't heard the introduction. Uh, but yeah, I just, little glitch there. It happens. It's quite funny because um, Steve Grace, who's the host of the Give It A Nudge podcast, asked me two weeks ago in an interview we did, he was like, what's the biggest stuff up you've made with a podcast? And I'm like, oh, I remember I didn't take out an edit once like I didn't edit stuff properly and it's like got this bit where I'm just like oh fuck I'll do it again <laughs> but uh this is the biggest one so this is the biggest mistake I made publishing it a bunch of people download it and they don't actually have the main part of the episode so my apologies and uh yeah on to take two g'day everyone Lauren Cress, the business scientist here so this episode is freaking Awesome. I have an amazing guest, my new friend, Terry Norrot. She is the CEO of Insight Path over in the United States. And she has built a product that is like the strategist dream, especially a, a science based strategist. So we naturally got on like a house on fire and we totally geek out in this episode about the value of interviewing your customers and interviewing your potential customers to actually figure out what the hell you're going to say to them. So uh, it's like super simple in one sense, but what Terry has done and her team has done is put together a product that you can even go and test out for free, completely accessible and affordable to start up some small businesses to just do the stuff that, you know, a few weeks back, Jules Dan was saying like, you got to make your customer your best friend. This tool will allow you to do that. I've been banging on about it for the last couple of months. So there's like no excuse now <laughs> because, yeah, this is like this is a tool that's going to help you do it. Um, go check out Terry. Uh, you can find her on LinkedIn. Super inspirational woman, has done some really cool stuff throughout her career. Absolute honor to have her on the show. So excited about that. Just before we get onto that, though, a couple of shout outs. So I want to say a big thank you to Jude Bruce for the lovely review on Apple Podcasts. Appreciate it, Jude. Thank you so, so much. And uh, also to Helene uh, Sarakis for the coffee. Really appreciate that, Helene. So thank you for that. Uh, what else do I have to say? Well, if you want to be like Helene and buy me a coffee, uh, you can do that over on Kofi. It's basically the way that I make this show free. So the idea is as this show grows, there'll be people who are like, this is awesome. This is super valuable. I'm going to come back and listen to this. I'm going to get 12 episodes a month. And you know what? I'm happy to pay a few dollars for that. It's completely, you know, 
donation. Like it's not obligatory, but if you can afford it, I'm asking my listeners, I say it, you know, a few times a week. If you can afford it, please do consider doing that. It really helps me out. And it's kind of like, this is what I want to do with my life. So content creation is a big, big part of what I do. The other stuff I do is in the strategy space. I can go and do the strategy stuff without doing the content stuff, but I like doing the content stuff. It's my way of giving back. It's my way of going, yeah, instead of getting paid thousands of dollars, I don't get paid anything, but I'm allowing other people to succeed and who couldn't otherwise afford it. So that's a big part of what this is about, but it's also like, this is such an honor for me. Like I love showing up. I love doing this. So it's a lot of work, but it's fun. If you can afford to pay me for the work I'm doing, prices of a cup of coffee like once a month would be amazing. You can also do it as a once-off thing. Just head over to Kofi ko-fi.com forward slash Lauren Cress. This week on Friday, come join me on the live stream. I'll be live streaming at 11 a.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. That's like a relatively doable time if you're in Australia, New Zealand or the States. Bit trickier if you're over in Europe but I do release a podcast episode in the afternoon so that you can catch that as well. And for this week's live stream on Friday, what we're going to be talking about, I'd love you to come join me. We can have a two-way dialogue about it, is I want to talk about how there's this like sort of meme in sales about like, you know, there's like the rude version and the non-rude version. I'll say the non-rude version. It's like you don't go up to someone and ask them to marry you, right? Um. And that's kind of used as this analogy for like why you need to build relationships. And I want to extend that and talk about that in the context of marketing because so often when we talk about marketing, it's like people think it's meant to do the job of sales, but it's not. Marketing has a different and very critical role. So I want to talk a little bit more about that and explore that with you guys. So if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, come tune in on Friday. And then I think the following Friday, I'm going to do another YouTube episode and talk about sort of some game-changing things I've realized about YouTube. So 11 a.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. If you can't make this week, I've already given you a plug for next week and why to show up there. Put it in your diary. Come along if you can. Would love to see you there. All right, without further ado, let's get on to the main part of the episode. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Change your vehicle's oil before your summer road trip and save money now with Pennzoil and O'Reilly Auto Parts. Right now, get five quarts of Pennzoil Platinum Full Synthetic for just $22.95 after mail-in rebate. Save money and protect your engine against sludge and wear with a synthetic oil change. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts today or O'ReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Amazing guest today, Terry Norot <laughs> from Up in the States. And we're talking about something that I'm like super, super excited about. So Terry, to start with, tell us a little bit about you and, and what you do. Sure. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here, Lauren. Uh, so I'm Terry Norot. I am the CEO of Insight Path. And actually, we just recently launched our company in July. Uh, but my past experience, I was the chief operating officer for 12 years for an email marketing platform. And then in 2017, we sold. And so we started this new business. And this company, Insight Path, is actually a product that helps organizations collect conduct uh, and and uh, track 
uh, live interviews with your customers to capture uh, feedback and really be able to to uh, better your business. So I'm super excited about this for a few reasons, and it ties in really nicely with what we've also been talking about on the show. So uh, I had a copywriter on the show a few weeks back, and we were mm-hmm. talking about how do you, you know, what, how do you really do your market research in the best way, right? And one of the things mm-hmm. he said, he's like, do interviews because you, sh- you need to know your customer like your best friend, right? And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, that's what I've found as well. Like I'm, we're both podcasters. So we were like, interviewing is great. So can we yeah. talk a little bit more about that? Like why is interviewing more powerful or is it more powerful than like doing a survey for instance sure well you know if you think about it when you're having a conversation with an actual human you can really ask a lot of questions so you may have one question but then it's going to lead you down a different path and you're really starting to uncover so much more information about that particular person. And so that's why it's so important to have these live conversations. You know, if you think about it, when you have a new idea and you want to create a new business, you really have to go out and do customer discovery and find out if it's even worth, you know, building a product or or creating a business. And so having these interviews will uncover so much information. And, you know, when you're actually conducting those interviews as well, you don't want to lead them into a response. You want them to give you um, their own opinion. So it's really those open-ended types of questions that you're asking. Yeah. Can you, just for people who don't know what that means, can you give us an example of like an open-ended question versus a a closed-ended question? Yeah. You can start it out with something like, tell me about a time when you were experiencing this problem. You're not giving them a response. You're just letting, letting them respond to you. Or why would you say, you know, this? And you're really letting people give you a, a longer version or more explanation of their um, response. Yeah, love it, love it. And versus like, because the other thing that we see, I think a lot, especially in customer surveys, for instance, mm-hmm. is like, like rate, so say we're a gym, right? Our business is a gym and we want to know how people enjoy the experience of the gym. And we go, what would you rate the gym equipment from one to five, right? And it's mm-hmm. like, that's a kind of a close-ended question because it's like, I didn't even mm-hmm. think about that. That's not even why I'm coming. You force, you're forcing me to answer this question, <laughs> right? Like- right, exactly, exactly. You're not, you know, you can ask these questions. I mean, you know, there's a, there's a, uh, a lot of companies that still rely on, on doing net promoter score. And so they're really trying to understand, you know, where their, their score is at, but you now have these responses and then people are leaving comments. So if you have, you know, with net promoter score, zero to six are your detractors, right? So now you want to find out why are they giving you that score? So you want to evaluate that even further by talking to them and diving deeper. And you may find because they they might be on the fence. They might be not happy with you. You might be able to save them as a com- as a customer and bring them back. Mm, yeah, interesting. What can you for the net promoter score sort of piece, right? I'm really mm-hmm. curious about your thoughts on this because mm-hmm. I remember looking into this a while. And net promoter scores are used for employees as well, right? So you use it for you can use it for employees, you can use it for customers, you, you can, can use, use it, it for yeah. any yeah. stakeholder, right? So. Mm-hmm. When I kind of looked into the some of the you know criticisms of it, 
it was sort of like saying essentially this is not very valid or not very reliable. Do you agree with that? What's Mm -hmm. kind of your thoughts on on that promoter score? You know, I think it's all about how you're using it, you know, and that's why I'm so I'm obviously we built a product around this, but it is so important to have those conversations because, you know, you could get a, here's the thing with net promoter score. So you could get a score um, that someone thought of your product months back, right? So they had a bad experience months ago. They give you a, you send out your, your survey for the net promoter score and they give you a bad number because they remember when they had that bad experience. And so they give you that score. But if you are now, if you had reached out or if you were reaching out consistently with your customers and you're able to constantly find out what's happening if there's issues and you're instantly able to solve those problems quickly whatever that feeling was that they had when they were you know putting in that score for you could have easily been eliminated if you had reached out you know multiple times through your customer journey Mm, yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. I want to kind of, because you brought the customer journey thing up and sorry, mm-hmm. I'm jumping around a bit, but that's there's okay. a lot of things I want to ask you. <laughs> I feel like I, I really just f- from personal experience, even running a small business, I'm like that one-on-one contact with customers is so, so valuable. So I'm, I'm really mm-hmm. excited about it. And I, I want to kind of ask you like, this and this and this. <laughs> so w- you mentioned the customer journey there mm-hmm. and uh, my can, can you kind of outline f- from your perspective at what points do we need to be having these conversations because you mentioned at the beginning it's almost like a market research piece it could be a piece you use potentially for people who aren't even customers yet right so mm-hmm. how do you see the customer journey and how do you see these sort of opportunities when because we can't connect all the time one-on-one when should we be connecting Mm -hmm. um, and having those kind of conversations right you know it's it's all about building relationships and you know you start to build a relationship before you even have a customer so you could be networking and you could be talking to businesses and then you're built you know you're building a relationship there and then in the sales process you're building a relationship there and so you know your customer journey happens at various points but you know what we see is that many companies are finding that they might sell their product but they're having they're having a harder time getting people to start using it right away so even that first initial onboarding you know welcoming them to your company um, or you know whatever your you know every type of um, business you you have um, being able to really start that touch point on day one and then throughout the journey so making sure you have a plan you know um, what is your plan for your journey and you're right it's a lot of work in some cases. So you can't constantly reach out every single day. It's a lot of work. But if you have a good process and a good plan in place, you can make it work. You can do, you know, welcoming them to your business is your onboarding. You could do a 30 day check-in. You could do a six month check-in, but it's just being able to let them know that you care about them as a customer. And do you see it as in those are the points as well where so if you're coming at this from recording conversations with them and analyzing that data and looking at that data, do you see it at those same points that you should be doing that? Or or how do you recommend people sort of implement, you know, the interview kind of process to gather that data? 
How, well, I think, you know, you, like I said, you have to really have a plan in place yes. and, you know, have the, the standard questions that you might ask them. Um, because the one thing that you, you want to do is you want to have the standard questions so that when you do have these interviews with those customers, you can start to see some consistencies in the answers that they're providing, as well as you can start to see if there's any issues within your process. So if you're talking to customers about let's say training, how was your training experience? Do you understand what you should be doing now? Uh, and if you're finding that there's issues there, that's a great opportunity for you as a business to start making some changes within your process. Uh, you can even do that within your you know, sales process. If you are closing deals and you're reaching out to those customers to welcome them, you can ask them right then, tell me about your sales process. Tell me about what we did right, maybe what we did wrong. And then you can really start to make changes for yourself in the company. Interesting. Interesting. So if we would like to use maybe a, a concrete example, just to kind of illustrate this a little bit more, mm -hmm. how mm -hmm. have you been looking at using, because obviously this is relatively new. You launched in July. Congratulations, mm -hmm. by the way. Um, hard time to launch as well. I think we <laughs> talked about this, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I know. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i love it i love it i love that it's you guys being creative, for it. right? you have and it's like all the businesses is right now you know you you have a launch plan we had a launch plan and uh we were supposed to launch in april and it you know it it, it pushed us out a bit but we you know made some changes and <laughs> we were keep going <laughs> i love that because i i mean i saw so many people sorry to get off on it go off on a tangent but i think a lot of people you know either watching or listening can, can relate to this is sort of like sort of being like should i still go ahead should i stop i feel like a lot of i mean like you said april that's like petite that was like the, the sort of center of like lockdown yeah. right so it's like <laughs> yeah should we did you guys have a at some point were you kind of like let's wait till 2021 or was it sort of like no no we're gonna push through it was kind of obvious yeah you know we started developing the product in um 2019 in the in the actually in the spring of 2019. And after we had done, we had an MVP. And when we went out to talk to some more customers where we thought the market was, um, we actually decided to change the product a little bit. And so in the summer of last year, we started changing the product to be more business focused because we do feel the product is more organizational um, in nature where it fits within businesses um, quite well in, in uh, different departments. And so, um, you know, our plan had been since then to really launch in April and, you know, so I had my business plan, my marketing plan, I had everything all ready to go. And we started actually in February, we had beta customers um, starting to to use the product. And, um, and we had a, a great group of people. And so in April, we had decided instead of launching then, because all the, you know, even the businesses that we were working with, we understood the difficulties that people were having and what everybody was going through. And we just didn't feel like it was the right time. And so we, you know, took a step back and said, okay, what can we work on now? And then we, but we still wanted to launch in 2020. And uh, so we just pushed it out. We, we did some uh, internal work. We had some uh, documentation and, and some development work and things that we needed to work on. And then um, officially decided July was it. <laughs> Amazing. I love it. I love it. Well, so I, I wanted to ask you about for people who've been using the product 
so far if you can maybe kind of illustrate an example of like how it's helped or how it works um, and maybe a little bit more detail as well about that because it's kind of like you're doing qualitative and quantitative stuff mm-hmm. at the same time right so you're right mm-hmm. and I can geek out about this but for <laughs> other people I'm like maybe an example would be <laughs> sure better. absolutely absolutely so let me just take a step back so I can give you an um a, just a little bit of uh background on where it sort of came from so in our previous position you know previous uh job at in uh uh our email marketing company, uh, we did a lot of customer interviews. So we found so much value from reaching out and talking to customers, um, you know, organizing the meetings, figuring out what questions we wanted to ask them, and then being able to capture the data. The big problem with doing that was it was so much work. There was so much involved in trying to coordinate and we had multiple people who did the interviews. You know, we had customer success managers, we had marketing managers because there was feedback for all different aspects of your business, product managers. And so we wanted to make sure that, um, you know, we, we, we needed to get them done. We knew we needed to get them done, but the process itself was a lot of work. And so that's what we built into this application is the fa- is the um, part of it where it helps you coordinate all of those things. So for one, the reaching out and the touch points. So we have automation with email and phone calls that helps get you to get those interviews with customers. Then we have an integrated calendar so that it helps you integrate your time. So you don't have to worry about going back and forth and figuring out a date to meet. It does it for you. And then we also have a guided, um, the the guided questions that you might want to ask. So we've implemented templates. So you have, depending on the type of feedback you're going to, um, you know, go out and, and reach out for it. Maybe it's customer feedback. It could be uh, maybe your marketing department and you're looking to do case studies and you need to get feedback on how they're using the product. We've implemented these uh, pre-developed templates to get you started, which is all customizable, but it's a way for you to, to, to uh, have something to guide you. And then what we do is we help you analyze the, the uh, data. So when you're having these conversations and these interviews, you have the platform available for you. You can record the conversation so you don't miss anything that's you know, great that you're hearing. Um, and then you're able to actually capture the data through tagging as well as uh, we do word clouding. Um, but then it allows you to see what data you're capturing from each question and then you can really filter and dive deeper into who they are, what what type of industry, it could even be your revenue, whatever it might be. But um, that's really what these interviews allow you to do is see all of that information in a really easy um, way to, to look at it. And then we also provide a task dashboard so that the data that you're capturing from those meetings, you can now actually do something with. You can take action on them. So you're really able to close the loop on those conversations. So if you're talking to customers and they're like, there's this issue with reports or how this process worked, you can instantly uh, create a task, you can assign it to someone within your organization, and you can solve it quickly. And that's the big key. It's customers want their issues solved. They want to be heard. You know, they want you to listen to them. Yeah. Yeah. That's, oh, it's, it's so good. It's so like, it's, I, I get, I'm really excited about it because it's sort of like, especially when I look at those larger organizations and I've had clients who are like 
quite large organizations, particularly in Australia. And it's like everything is so siloed. And, you know, like I worked for a major, I worked, one of my clients was like a major phone uh, company, right? Like, well, internet. And for people in Australia, know it's called Telstra. And it's like, I, I remember being like, in part, like there's so many different marketing departments and there's, there's so much frustration for customers in mm-hmm. Australia, right? And it's like, all of it's disconnected and so you really really feel like as a customer it's like okay if I'm gonna have a bad experience I'm gonna have a really bad experience because it's like whoever I talk to I have to rely on them to put me up this chain of Mm -hmm. people and like the marketing team have no idea it's even going on because it's the customer service team who's dealing you know so Mm -hmm. it's just like really quickly you can see how it's like it doesn't matter how efficient a, a company is it's just like everything kind of gets lost mm-hmm. and what I think is so exciting about what you were saying there is it's like no 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 now we actually have like the proper data like there's been so many times I've talked to clients and I'm like tell me like what goes on in a sales call and mm-hmm. if I'm even if I'm talking to the head of sales they're kind of like they can only tell me about their sales calls they can't tell me about the sales team's calls you know so mm-hmm. What I'm hearing when you're saying this is, this is visibility. This is like, now you can see what's really going on. Mm -hmm. Certainly. I mean, if you have a customer success team, right, and their whole job is, you know, ensuring that the customers have the experience that you want them to have, that they're helping them, you know, um, utilize the product or service that you're offering and being able to be ahead of them and, and, and capture any of this information. But as a, a customer success manager or an operations manager who is managing that team, you want to be able to listen to how they're talking to people and what kind of information is, is, is coming back. And so then you can do that with, um, with this type of a platform. And do you kind of see it as like, cause, cause one of the, the challenges that I find when I'm talking to people about, look, let's just go interview some of your customers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've kind of had, had conversations with clients like this before. One of the challenges is they, they, fir- the first thing they'll say to me is, is it quantitative data though? Right. Mm-hmm. Do you kind of have that, um, that pushback where it's like this love of numbers means that people are, do you see that? Have you seen that at all as a as a pushback or a challenge to? You know what? I think people. I think they're both important, right? I think you know there there's KPIs that leaders, business leaders, they want to have within their organization, and that's what they how they run their business is there's very specific numbers. Um, but I think they can all go together because you know, you have to really understand you could get a high score, but a customer might still leave because they don't feel that emotional connection to your brand or your business. And so if they don't feel that connection, they're, they're going to leave, right? They're, they're going to see what's the night, nice, shiny new object or, or whatever it might be. And they're going to, they're going to leave. So it's really about building a relationship and a connection. You know, we talk about um, selling, you know, you're selling to humans, right? You're, you're, you're working with, with people who have stress in their life and in certain things that are happening. And so, you know, you really start to, uh, to build a rapport 
uh, with your customers by reaching out and having these conversations and really talking to them. And it's, it's listening, you know, it, that's the key component of this as well. And this is, this is also very important for internally to your organization for employees and having these similar conversations with employees to help build your culture and find out what's important to them, what makes employees happy. And a lot of times it's not about the perks. It's not about the, you know, special things that you might be doing as a business, but it is really about how much they value their job and, and what they feel, feel the, the mission of the organization is all about. Mm. So for uh, once people go through this process of kind mm-hmm. of conducting these interviews, gathering that data, mm-hmm. what do you see happen as a result? And is that something that you help with or is it kind of like it's up to them to use that to take action? Yeah. So, you know, um, we are, well, as a startup, we're um, building a lot more um, available uh, ways to utilize the data. And so um, that is certainly uh, something that we are actually adding to the product is ways to be able to pull more of that out. But for now, the organizations that are utilizing us are able to export out charts and reports um, and and use those into planning documents. So if they're doing strategic planning and they're looking to figure out what their goals and initiatives are. So this is a great way for them to really be able to see front and center, where are your key problems? What are customers saying? You know, if you are a product manager and you have an upcoming sprint and you're trying to figure out, you know, what features do we add to that uh, upcoming sprint or where do we need to focus? within the product that will really upsell the customers. You know, this is where you're gonna utilize this information because you can reach out and you can understand what are the customers looking for, uh, what are their business goals and what's important to them. And that's where you really need to be able to use that data. Yeah, totally. It's sort of like a strategist dream. Like- (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, really, if you are strategy, like, you know, I think back to my, my previous job, right? I was chief operating officer and I managed our strategic planning process and just did, you know, we did this, we went out, we talked to customers, but the process was very difficult. You know, it was Excel documents. It was, you know, using OneNote. It was, it was, there's tools out there, but it's, it's all in different places. And at the time it took to categorize all the information and then be able to share it with your team and be like, this is what customers are saying. This is where we stink. You know, this is what we have to improve on. Um, you know, it, there's definitely so much value to that information and we utilized it in, in our planning. Um, but if there was a way to cut that, that time to get it, it, that's that's the value for me. <laughs> totally. And I think, you know, you're probably have dealt with more like I feel like there's a, there's a scale of sophistication here as well, right? Because it's like the, the bigger budget you have, the more sophisticated you can be. And so there are businesses who are like, yeah, yeah, we've been doing interviewing. It's like that's not a new thing for us. And for them mm-hmm. it's like, okay, this is taking the hassle, hassle away. But what I've also seen is a lot of businesses just don't, it's like, it's too hard. It's too expensive. It's too time consuming. Sorry, we just can't get that data. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, okay, so then you want to make decisions based on assumptions. And and it's sort of like, then you see, it's like, um, what do you call it? Like, it's almost like uh, this, this power difference of like, 
because the more data you have, the more information you have, the better. Mm-hmm. So these guys grow because they're being more sophisticated. For people listening, I'm just, I've got one hand down and one hand up. And I'm like, <laughs> the more sophisticated companies, they're like, okay, well, it's going to be harder to invest in this, but we got to do this. Mm-hmm. But I think for so many, it's also that problem of just like, this is just too hard. So mm-hmm. it's, have you have you seen that has has that been your your experience yeah i mean you know when we were trying to go out and talk to uh potential customers and when we were researching the market we would we would ask about customer interviews all the time i mean obviously this was the product and so we would ask you know are you doing it how are you doing it why aren't you doing it and that was a, a lot of what we heard was it was too much work it was I am so busy all day long. I don't have time. And, you know, we built a lot of that feedback into the product to allow you to, you know, we already have the questions for you. We have the script for you. We even have the email content for you if you need it. Um, You know, so we're really trying to help eliminate some of that process. And the thing is, too, you don't have to do it all at once. You can spread it out throughout a month or a couple of months. And it's having, it's really having consistent conversations. So if you can dedicate a couple of meeting times per week to engage with your customers and have these conversations, the value of doing that is, is just so important. And it's, it, it, you really will see a difference. And do you see this as something that like, in terms of your, um, you know, uh, your end users, do you, do you primarily see it as like, this is a medium to large size business thing. Some small businesses might find it like, is there sort of, cause, cause I think about, okay, if you're a solopreneur, you can probably kind of, it's still a bit of a hassle, but mm-hmm. you're kind of dealing with your customers one-on-one quite a bit. So is there mm-hmm. sort of like a size that you say, see this is, this is who it's ideally for? Yeah. You know, we're finding that, um, you know, it's funny because I have such a range of customers. So I have, you know, I have smaller startup type companies, I have mid-sized and I have really large companies. Uh, I think it's all about who sees the value in doing it. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, and and surveys don't go away, you know, you still can do surveys. But if you think about it, it's, it's really that next step. So it's, what are you finding out in the surveys? And then taking it to the next step and having those conversations. But, you know, I find that um, software companies uh, really find the value in this product because, you know, they have a product and they, they need to, in order to stay along with your competition, you're, you're always needing to change. You need to make changes and you need to understand what customers want. And, um, you know, so you have to be consistently asking them you know, what is it that we can do better? What else do we need to be doing? What else can we add? Yeah. Yeah. I just want to give a quick shout to Baha. Hello, Baha. I haven't talked to you for ages. I hope you're doing well. Thanks for saying hello. So we're, we've got to wrap up in a second, Terry, and okay. there's so much other stuff I, I want to be able to ask you. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, this is, this is great. But, um, for people listening to this and who want to find out more, and I, I, one of the reasons I asked you that question about the size is because, mm-hmm. you know, primarily the people who are in my network and who listen are a smaller size. And I feel mm-hmm. like we can have a hesitation as smaller business owners or as startups to go, oh, like, am I really big enough to do that? Should I be playing yes. that game? Mm-hmm. Um, so how can 
can my audience find out more about what you're doing, connect, reach out? What's the next step? Sure. Next step for them? Well, I'm on LinkedIn, so they can certainly reach out to me and I'm open to having lots of conversations. Uh, we have a website, it's uh, www.insightpath.io and um, there's a contact information there. Uh, but you know what, It's it even starts, if you're an entrepreneur, it starts at the idea. You know, you have to do customer discovery to even find out if this is something that's valid. You know, so you're really starting in so many places. So I find that even if you're small, um, our product is priced really reasonable. Um, and so, you know, we even have a free version. Uh, so, you know, you can start today and, and, and really see if it's something that you find value. But, you know, uh, you would be surprised the more that you reach out, the more you find out you keep wanting to reach out. And this is even for people who customers who have lost uh, customers in, in reaching out to your churn rate and, and churn customers and finding out why did they leave? Is there a possibility to, to win them back? Uh, so there's so many ways that you can you can reach out and talk to customers. Love it. And I mean, the, the other thing that I was just thinking as you said that is like th this goes back to like it is it is a way to generate revenue and it's also mm -hmm. a way to, to save potential lost revenue. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. it's like when we're talking about something like market research and it, it baffles me is that, a lot of startups, or you've probably seen the data as well, Terry, a lot of startups won't invest in their market research or invest very little and they won't invest that much in marketing and they mm -hmm. invest a lot more in their product development. But like like how much money can you save? And this is sort of a question for people to think yeah. about. If mm -hmm. you just knew, oh, actually this feature and this feature that was going to cost us thousands of dollars, people don't really care about that. But this mm -hmm. little feature over here that we didn't even think about that 10 people just raised, that's really actually quite cost effective for us to do. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, like I think we have to tie this back to like, this is this is how you make money. <laughs> you do your research, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. You know, because you think you have to think about it. It's like, you know, you get into those meetings and you think and you have the conversation with your team and it's like, what can we do better? What are we missing? What is our competition doing that we're not doing? How can we how can we do something different that they're doing? You know, they're not doing. And so it's this is the information that you need to bring into those meetings. You know? Yeah. Totally. Totally. Love it. <laughs> Terry, thank you so much for chatting with me. Yeah. This has been a lot of fun. Absolute pleasure. Um, so that website again is insightpath.io. I'll put a link in here as well. And thank you everyone for listening and watching as well. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> All right, see you guys. <laughs> Bye. All right, guys, so that's it from me for today. Hope you love that. I mean, I love that. You could probably tell I love that. I was totally geeking out. Uh, I'll put all the links to find out more about Terry and Insight Path in the show description along with, I can't even remember what I promised now, but whatever those links are that I said I would give you, I'll make sure I put them in the show description. <laughs> If you enjoyed this, if you can think of someone who you're like, they would really benefit from it, please share it with them, let them know about it, help them out. And if you can leave a positive rating and review on the show, all that stuff really, really helps to like keep the podcast charting. We've been charting for six weeks now. Keep the podcast charting, let other people discover it and all that good stuff. It also makes me smile, which is kind of nice for me. <laughs> All right, guys, I'll catch you on Friday. Until next time, remember that sharing your talents with the world will make it a better place.